I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Okay, so on today's episode, we are tackling the big question of who gets a plus one. But before we get to that, we need to first figure out what is a plus one. As probably pretty obvious, a plus one is a situation where you're inviting a person and they get to bring a guest, their plus one. So it could be someone you don't know. So let's say you want to invite your friend Sarah to the wedding. So you could say, you know, this invitation goes out to Sarah and guest, where Sarah is able to bring kind of whoever she wants. Um, you might know the other person. So let's say it's Sarah's partner, Kim. So you could say inviting Sarah and Kim. But usually when we say plus ones, it's a situation where you're friends with just the one person and their plus one, whether it's a guest you know by name and invite by name, or if it's just literally and guest and they kind of get to choose. Um, This is usually a situation where you're only really friends with and inviting the one person and you're just sort of like leaving it open for them to either bring a date or a sibling or a friend or a parent, whoever it is. So this wouldn't really be the situation, you know, if you're inviting your Aunt Mildred and Uncle Roger, you wouldn't say that, oh, Uncle Roger is Aunt Mildred's plus one. No, you're inviting those two together. They're an established couple. You are, you know, related to or friends with both of them. They're part of the family. So it's not really the same situation where, you know, let's say Sarah is your good friend from work and you've met her partner, Kim, once or twice. Uh, You don't really know each other that well. And you're trying to decide, okay, should we invite Sarah and Kim or should we just invite Sarah or I don't know, maybe they're going to break up and we want Sarah to bring someone so we can say Sarah and guest. That's the situation where uh, you would call Sarah's person a plus one. Um, This is a separate issue from kids, which is a whole other thing. I think I'm going to have to do a future episode on 
whether or not kids should be invited to your wedding, and if you do feel strongly that they should not, how to word that on your website, on your invitations, and how to actually stick to that when people inevitably call you and say, oh, you meant other kids, right? Not my kid. Anyways, whole nother episode. Um, But before we dive into this one on plus ones, I just want to say at the top, a little disclaimer, these are 100% my rules. I am not Emily Post, so I'm sure you'll find something online that totally contradicts what I'm saying. But the bottom line is you just need to be realistic about your budget and who you actually want at your wedding day. You know, even if you had hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, whatever it is, you probably don't want a room full of strangers, right? So for me, my rule is I don't want to have to introduce myself or my spouse to anyone at my wedding. I think that would just be the most ridiculous thing I want to have. I've talked about this in past episodes, but my goal is to have a really small, intimate, like 20 person wedding. So that won't be the case. But even if I was having something bigger, you know, 100, 200 people, I still want to make sure I've actually met all of those people. Um, I just think it's so ridiculous that, you know, I'd walk up to someone and go, hi, I'm the bride. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Like, if you don't even know me, if we haven't met before, if we haven't, you know, shaken hands, exchanged names, hugged, shared a meal, um, why am I inviting you to this very important day in my life and paying you know, tons of money for you to be here. Just kind of silly. So I know that's not possible um, for everyone. So again, part of my disclaimer here, I'm, these are just sort of general generic rules for probably, you know, Western weddings. Um, I know that there are lots of cultures where it makes sense and the norm is to invite five, 600 people and half of them you've never met before and someone else is footing the bill. So obviously in those situations, it might be, you know, plus seven instead of a plus one. But this is more for smaller weddings, probably more Western style where you are trying to really, you know, the nitty gritty if you're going for like a 50 person wedding or 75, even 100, 200, and you're trying to get really specific about who you want there and you need to ask yourself, who gets a plus one? Okay, let's dive in. So at a bare minimum, I believe you need to give everyone a plus one if they're married or engaged. I think it's just proper decorum, you know, even if you really are not close friends with their spouse or their fiance, I think it just, this is one of those things I think Emily Post would agree with me. It is decorum. You don't invite someone to a wedding and tell them they have to leave their spouse or their fiance or, you know, common law partner at home. There's a cute little name for this. It's called no ring, no bring. So basically, as soon as you have a ring, whether that's a wedding ring or an engagement ring, you um, can bring (laughs) or you get to get brought to a wedding. Uh, I think this one makes a lot of sense. It's Again, one of those, you know, decorum things. If a couple is engaged or married, it's nice to invite them as a unit. Again, even if you are not close friends with both pairs. I think the only exception to this would be if you're having a super, super tiny wedding, you know, like 10 people, maybe 15, 20, even then. um, And you really are only having like, you know, maybe just two witnesses and your parents or something like that. And then you can sort of explain to your friend like, hey, I love you so much. I I only can have you there. I'm so sorry to your spouse, to your fiance. You think you also want to include in this category couples who have been together a really long time and maybe just aren't the type to get married. Uh, I'm sure you know people in your life who are, you know, at this point, basically married. They're, you know, probably common law married, but they never actually went ahead and did the whole wedding thing. They didn't get engaged. I think you could still count those as couples that you should offer the plus one to, or, and then in this case, you would put that person's name on the invitation because, you know, you know who they're bringing. 
And be careful with this one. You know, I think, again, this is the bare minimum. You have to, have to, <laughs> in, in my rules, you have to invite uh, married couples, engaged couples, really, really long-term couples as a pair. But you might still get pushback on this, right? Like you might have people in your life who don't make the cut on this rule and who are like, well, what do you mean? I've been with my partner for three months. That's a long time. And you might be thinking, mm, not really. <laughs> That's not really the cutoff. Um, so just be careful. The nice thing about, um, you know, only inviting couples who are married, engaged, or, you know, common law married is that that's a really firm rule. So it's not like you're playing favorites. It's literally just based on commitment level or length of relationship. And you don't have to get into specifics of, okay, it's been 12 months exactly, you know, your sleazy boyfriend can come <laughs> or whatever it is. It can be that simple, you know, no ring, no bring. It is harsh. But if you're really trying to stick to a small guest count, really intimate day, really tiny budget, this is a great and firm rule to put into place. The next level up, so if the you know bare minimum is the married, engaged, common law couples, the next level up, these are the people it would be really nice if you offered them a plus one, but it's not mandatory. So for me, the people in this category would be people who are coming to your wedding alone. So I mean, completely alone, they're not gonna know anyone else. Let's say you're only inviting one friend from work. Everyone else is a family member or a friend from college or preschool or whatever, and this person's going to be all by themselves. That's a situation where you might want to give them a, you know, plus guest or plus whatever their partner's name is, just so they have one other person at the wedding that they can, um, you know, chat with, be friends with, sit with. <laughs> and of course, again, not mandatory. And you know, you're your guests best. Maybe this person from work is super social, always makes friends, life of the party, you know, they're going to have no problem. Or maybe you're trying to, I don't know, set them up with someone. So you have them go and sit next to that person. But if it's a situation where, you know, the person's a bit more shy and you think they'll have a better time if they have a buddy, then that's a really nice person to give a plus one to. It's also really nice if you can give a plus one to people who are traveling. So imagine same situation, you know, you're inviting one friend from work, everyone else is family or friends from other parts of your life, but now it's a destination wedding. That's a really nice uh, place to give that person a plus one. So they have someone to travel with, you know, they don't have to fly all by themselves. They have someone to split the hotel room with. Um, maybe someone, if they want to extend their vacation, maybe they're going to stay an extra week or come a week early. They get to hang out with, you know, a partner, a friend, whoever. And so they're not, you know, going to Jamaica by themselves for <laughs> four days or whatever it is. Another category of person you could put in this, you know, would be nice to give them that plus one is anyone who like almost made it into that married, engaged, common law category. They've been dating a pretty long time. You know, you're feeling good about it. You don't think they're going to break up before the wedding. It's nice to give those people a plus one. You know, if they're an established couple, if they're Instagram official, <laughs> if they've celebrated a holiday together, you know, maybe it hasn't been years, maybe it's only been months, but you're feeling good about them. That's always nice to invite um, that, you know, whoever you're closer to and give them that plus one to bring their partner. Um, I'm just going to add a little caveat here. I know I mentioned this off the top, but again, when you are addressing these, you can say either, you know, Sarah and guest or Sarah and Kim. So if you want to be specific about who the person should bring, so if it's a situation where, you know, they've been dating for three months and you're feeling really good about it, your wedding's in a year, you think they'll still be together, you can go ahead and put Sarah and Kim on the wedding invite. And this is nice for a few reasons. First, you're acknowledging, you know, that they're a couple. And I remember, you know, I got invited to a few weddings when my partner and I were um, 
maybe a year into dating, a little less. And it was so fun to see both of our names on a wedding invite. You know, it was the first um, weddings I had been invited to as an adult um, with a partner and not just like my family. (laughs) So it was so cute to see both of our names on the invite. So that's super special. Another reason why you would want to put both people's names on this is let's say, you know, knock on wood, Sarah and Kim don't make it. They break up. Now the invite technically is just for Sarah because you didn't say Sarah and Kim or whoever you want. So you're kind of saving yourself in a situation where let's say Sarah and Kim break up two weeks before your wedding. Technically, because the invite said Sarah and Kim, you're only really inviting Sarah now. It'd be weird if Kim showed up. But this saves you from Sarah, you know, going out and finding Taylor at the bar the night before and rocking up with Taylor to your wedding. And it's like their second date or something like that. So that's the danger when you put, you know, if you put Sarah plus guest, that's anyone. Sarah doesn't have to bring Kim. She could bring, you know, someone she meets at the bar. She could bring her mom. She could bring her dog. I don't know. I don't know if dog counts. Um, But when you do have that name on there, it's a little bit more specific. Of course, if they do break up, you know, Sarah might call you crying and saying, oh my God, we broke up. I'm going to bring someone else to the wedding. And, you know, maybe you let it go and you let her bring someone. So she's, you know, not so sad. (laughs) But if, if that's a big deal to you, you could say, hey, Sarah, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. Insert nice thing here, you would say to a friend who's recently had a breakup, but let her know, like, we really want our wedding to be, you know, personal and intimate. And we're not comfortable with you bringing someone we haven't met or someone, you know, we don't know well. So sorry, (laughs) that's, that's not going to work. Whereas you can't really say that if it's Sarah plus guest, you can't really dictate who the guest is going to be. Okay, little caveat, jumping back in. So we talked about the minimum plus ones you have to give are to people who are married, engaged or common law, the nice plus ones to give would be to anyone who's going to be alone, anyone traveling and anyone in that, you know, slightly longer dating relationship. Now, if you want to be extra nice, you've got tons of money, you're happy to have as many people at your wedding as possible, you want all of your guests to be really comfortable, you'd be happy for people to bring dates and guests and you're happy to introduce yourself to new people, then go ahead and give every single person a plus one. (laughs) I'm saying this sort of facetiously because I assume if your plan was to give everyone a plus one, if you had an unlimited budget, unlimited guest count, then you probably wouldn't be listening to this episode because you don't really need any of these tips. (laughs) But just so you know, you know, I said it that way because this is really not necessary. You do not have to give every single person on your guest list a plus one. And I don't mean every single person, I mean, every person who is single, (laughs) every person you are inviting as a single person, you do not have to give them a plus one that can get super, super expensive. And it's just kind of ridiculous that we expect couples to pay for, you know, $200 a plate meals for somebody's like third date that they met on Tinder, you know, a week before. And yeah, just silly. I'm going to stop myself before I go on a whole rant here. But you do not need to do that, especially if it's someone like, you know, let's say it's your cousin Kian who, um, you know, he's single. So it'd be nice if you want to give him a plus one so he can bring a guest or a date, but you don't want to, but that's totally fine because he's your cousin, which means he's going to have tons of people at your wedding to hang out with. You'll have his parents, you'll have his siblings, you'll have the other cousins. So it's not like he's going to be bored or lonely or not know where to go or what to do. It is totally fine if Kian has no established partner um, and you don't have space or budget for a plus one. It is totally fine. No one needs to have their third date at your wedding. Repeat that to yourself over and over again. (laughs) Remind yourself, you do not want to introduce yourself to anyone at your wedding. That's silly. Everyone should know who the couple of the hour is, and no one needs to have their third date at your wedding. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. if you get some pushback. That's probably what you're worried about. I think most people are hesitant to, you know, lay down the law, put down some rules about plus ones because they're scared that people are going to push back. And you know what? It does happen. And I'll I'll get to it later. But in an unfortunate example, my partner and I were actually part of this plus one pushback. And this was in our early days. We were young. We didn't know. We didn't know how expensive and stressful it was to plan a wedding. I would never do this now. Um, But if you are worried about it, I totally understand it's valid. There's definitely a good chance that, you know, if you have a pretty strict plus one rule, that there are going to be people in your life who will push back on that, who will question you about it. So here's what to do. First things first, as I always say, you need to be on the same page with your partner. So listen to this episode together and then sit down and decide what plus one rule you want to go with. And you really need to be a totally united front on this one because the worst thing to happen would be, let's stick with our friend Sarah. You know, Sarah says, oh, you know, it's so sad that, you know, I'm like, Kim can't come with me to the wedding. Good thing. Uh, your fiance said Kim could come, right? You'd never want that to happen. You don't want to be promising things to different friends. Or maybe Sarah finds out that your fiance invited friends from their work, but she's not invited, you know, whatever it is. You just want to make sure that both of you are totally on the same page. You're both comfortable with whatever plus one rule you put into place and that you are both, you know, holding to that rule and enacting it in the same way with your same group of friends. So make sure that your guest list is set. You're both happy with it and that you, you know, you're going to be on the same page when the pushback comes, if it does come. I think this is also really good training for, you know, in the future, you always hear about kids who will say like, oh, you know, if mom said no, go and ask dad or something like that. This is great practice. Get on the same page, be that united front. Don't let anyone slip through the cracks. It's also nice to have a line ready that you could say to people. So remember back in some previous episodes where I've told you, you know, as soon as you get engaged, make sure you have that line because the wedding planning questions will come. So have a line that sort of says, thank you so much. Um, you know, we're, we're so glad that you're excited about the wedding. Right now, we're just enjoying our engagement. We'll let you know when, when we start planning. So same idea here. Have a really nice, sweet line that says, oh, you know what? We'd love to have everyone join us. Unfortunately, we have a set budget or unfortunately, we have a set capacity. And just leave it at that. You really, you don't need to justify it. You don't need to explain it. You don't have to go over exactly what your budget is or what the capacity is. I think when you start putting those sort of numbers to it, 
Um, it actually might make people feel worse. <laughs> like if you told Sarah, oh, we have a set capacity of 200. So I'm so sorry, you know, your, your partner can't come. You're sort of saying like, oh, your partner's not in our top 200 people. We have, you know, 199 people we like better, <laughs> something like that, which is kind of mean. Um, and budget, you know, you don't need to get into money matters with your guests. So I think you just leave it simply, you know, state that boundary. We have a set budget. We have a set capacity and that's it you know, letting them know we'd love to have you. But unfortunately, we have a set budget. Unfortunately, we have a set capacity. And hopefully people don't push that boundary if you really are staying firm with that. If you're feeling like you kind of need to justify and explain yourself, and again, you definitely do not. But if you're kind of feeling like you want to have more of a conversation with, you know, your friend or whoever, you can give them some examples of friends and family you're not inviting so they don't feel like they're personally being left out. So you could say to Sarah, hey, you know, we've decided we're only inviting um, couples who are married or engaged. I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, my, I don't know, my friend Ted um, isn't going to be able to bring his partner, Paul. So, you know, same situation. You guys will have a great time hanging out together or something like that. Um, and now I'm going to go against everything I just said about having a strong united front, being on the same page, setting your boundaries. It is your wedding. So if you want to make an exception, you totally can. You can totally, totally make an exception. Maybe it's your best friend ever. And, you know, they just got into an amazing relationship and you've never seen them so happy. And sure, it's only been, you know, two months, but you feel really, really good about it. And, you know, you decided you're only going to invite married couples, but you're going to make an exception for your best friend. That is fine. It's your wedding. There's, you know, as much as I'm giving you all of these rules, there are no rules. So do whatever you want. However, don't let yourself be pressured into it, right? Like, don't let a guest come to you and say, oh, I know you said just married couples, but, you know, just me, just just let me and my partner through. He's really sweet, or, you know, and if you do decide to make an exception, um, hopefully it's not because someone pressured you, and hopefully it's not something that a ton of people find out about, because that's not, like, a fun vibe for you, right? You don't want to have to be answering questions. Oh, why did you make an exception for me or for that person and not for me. Um, and you definitely don't want anyone to have like a stink face about it at your wedding trying to ask you about it then because that's just ugh, ugly, ugly stuff. We don't need any of that. Here are some little loopholes if you need help. Um, and this is where I'll jump into the example of my partner and I. So way back in the day, the early days of my partner and I dating, we were just, you know, young, doe-eyed, <laughs> little, little cherubs, not even thinking about what weddings cost and what they mean. Um, my partner was invited to his cousin's wedding as part of, you know, the family. So his parents and him invited to this wedding. I was not invited. Uh, my partner and I had probably only been dating a few months when the invites went out. And then by the time the wedding rolled around, we were, you know, getting close to a year. But I had never met this cousin before. Um, she had never met me. I hadn't met most of that side of the family. And of course, it would be ridiculous for her to give my partner a plus one um, for someone she's never met before. You know, it's a pretty low-key wedding. It was beautiful, but, you know, trying to, try to keep things on a budget. She wasn't trying to spend all her money. So, ugh, in the most cringe-worthy example, my partner reached out to his cousin on Facebook to ask if he could bring me, like, probably a month or two before the wedding. And she was so gracious and so sweet to him, probably knew that he was just, you know, a <laughs> young guy who had no idea what sort of stress and money that would be. And she said that I would be more than welcome to come to the ceremony and I could come, you know, after dinner to the reception to enjoy dancing. But unfortunately she couldn't have a seat for me at dinner. And I just thought that was the most like sweet, gracious response. Um, 
so lovely because I think she knew that I really wanted to be part of it. I wanted to meet the family. I wanted to go to this first wedding with my with my boyfriend. Uh, I wanted to dance with him. You know, we, we got a hotel because it was kind of out of town. So it was like a really fun weekend for us. And we had such a good time. And still some of my, you know, favorite um, wedding memories and favorite memories of my partner's family are from that wedding. And it was super, super sweet. So I think that's actually a really great little loophole. If there is someone um, you want to invite, you know, you want to give them a plus one or you want to let them bring their partner, but you honestly cannot afford to have, you know, another person at dinner. Uh, it's a great way to sort of let invite them to just some parts of the wedding. So more often than not, the ceremony has more relaxed uh, capacity. There's usually not like a really, really strict number. Um, and if there is, it's usually a lot larger than the reception uh, number. It's also usually not any extra cost to invite somebody just to the ceremony. So that's a really nice way to do it. You can say, hey, your partner's welcome to come to the ceremony. Unfortunately, um, you know, we don't have capacity at the reception. Or if your venue allows, and, and not all venues do, so make sure you check with them. If your venue allows for people to come in just for the dancing part, so they're not, you know, going to be there for dinner, they won't be at the seated part, but they'll come for the dancing. That's a really nice way to let your... Um, plus one be a part of some of the fun times too and that uh, yeah I had a great experience attending those parts of the wedding and it was really fun for me so I think that's a sweet a sweet way to do it um, at the end of the day though if you know you've you've talked to let's say it's Sarah again so you've told Sarah you'd love to have Kim there but unfortunately there's a set budget you've given her the example of your friend Ted who also can't bring his partner you've you know decided you're not going to make an exception because she's trying to pressure you into it. You offered that her partner Kim can come to the ceremony and the dancing, but not dinner. And Sarah is still pushing it. She just still is trying to get that invite for Kim. I think at the end of the day, you kind of need to just say, I'm sorry, like that's not going to work. You know, I've, I've explained to you why um, I, you know, I offered you these little loopholes. I've listened to you. <laughs> I've, I've explained where I'm coming from, but at the end of the day, Sarah, or, you know, whoever your Sarah is, they, they can grow up, right? <laughs> like we can all spend one evening, one day apart from our significant other. Um, especially if it's just a wedding and especially if you're saying, you know, Kim can come to the ceremony and the dancing, then it's just dinner. That's a couple hours. If Sarah can't spend a couple hours without Kim, then there's, you know, there's a bigger issue going on there. And it's really not about Kim, this person you don't know, celebrating your wedding with you. It's about something going on with Sarah and Kim. If she, you know, really needs her partner to be there for some sort of, I don't know, some just like wants everyone to see her with a partner, uncomfortable eating alone, whatever it is. Um, but really, I don't think it's too much to ask of your friends if it's at that situation where, you know, they're not married or engaged or in a long term relationship. They're not the, you know, all by themselves at your wedding. They're not traveling from out of town by themselves. Uh, you know, they have friends, they have people at your wedding they can hang out with. I really don't think it's asking too much to say, hey, can you just spend one day, one evening, a few hours apart from your significant other um, for my wedding. And if, if they still are really, really pushing that, I think it's time to kind of question why. And even, you know, if you're in that type of relationship where you can have that question and, and chat with them and say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Why, why is it such an issue for you to spend an evening apart from your partner? And, you know, why, why are you pushing so hard for them to come to my wedding? And if you're not in that sort of position, I think you still just need to stand your ground and say, I'm sorry, you know, we don't, we don't have space. I, I really hope you can still attend. Um, yeah. And just leave it at that really. So bottom line on all of this, I realize I'm ending on, on kind of a down note. I think, well, let me just say before I get to the bottom line, 
hopefully most people will really respect the rules that you have in place. They might grumble a little bit about it behind the scenes, um, but hopefully they will respect the rules that you have in place, especially if you go out of your way to, you know, explain where you're coming from. And even if you do, you know, those little loopholes saying your, your plus one can come to the ceremony or something like that, and you've created your rules with a lot of care, you know, making sure that the person invited still has people that they can talk to at the wedding or whatever it is. Um, I think the majority of people will respect where you're coming from and leave you alone and not pester you with questions or message you on Facebook the month before. Um, and hopefully you're not dealing with too many people who really are pushing back or who are threatening to not attend because if that's, if that's where it's at, that's too much drama and you probably don't really need that person at your wedding anyways. And you might want to sort of rethink your entire relationship with that person because that's, that's some nonsense that we just don't need. So bottom line, stick to your guns, whatever rule you and your partner come up with, stick to it, but still be kind. Um, you know, at the end of the day, these people do want to celebrate with you. They want to come to your wedding and that's, that's really nice. That's very sweet. Um, remember why you're not allowing plus ones, whether it is budget or size or just, you know, the feel of intimacy at your wedding and hopefully all of your loved ones will either understand or they'll get over it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a reading and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.